Hello and welcome to the Boink Radio Let's Play. Today we're going to be playing Boink. What projects are we playing on Boink today, Jay Ringo? <laughs> we're playing Hungry Thirsty every Friday at 5pm Eastern on the Boink Discord <laughs> server. Yes we are with Oak. <laughs> Let's use that, that's fun. Hey guys, what's going on? <laughs> this week we're going to be talking about... Uh, what are we talking about? Private Boinking? Hungry Thirsty. <laughs> No, actually, what are we talking about? What's what's the um, private computing? <laughs> private computing. So computing, keeping all that data in the work units private from the person doing the work. That's right. Uh, but first, we are actually going to talk about Hungry Thirsty because this is Delta's new beverage project, uh, beverage at home. I, I think we should call it beverage at home. Delta, <laughs> <laughs> so, update us on beverage at home. What's your work unit this week? My work unit this week is crunching oak strawberry. It's the oak strawberry flavor. It's the second one I've done in the line of oak. Uh, I do have to say that chocolate is probably my favorite. Strawberry does taste nice, and it, it does have a very deep and rich taste. However, the most important thing is that it's full flavor, it's full strength, and it's full on. And it, oak really hits the spot when you're hungry, thirsty. With over, over 50 years of experience and a choice of rich, oh creamy, authentic flavors, oak is always the answer. I swear to God, we're not sponsored by anyone. <laughs> we are not sponsored by oak. I just love it. You just read their sponsorship tag. <laughs> it's on the bottle. <laughs> like, this is actually on the bottle. Oh, man. Nah, mate. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Um. Yeah, sounds delicious. I got a new water bottle this week. Uh, I'm drinking out of it. It comes with a straw. How exciting is that? Does the water taste better in the new bottle? It does. It doesn't taste like coffee. Did I tell you the story about my old water bottle? No, you didn't. Oh, I was camping uh, recently, and I uh, was in a rush, and I didn't have all my gear, so I used my old thermos, my old water bottle, to hold coffee, and it still tastes like coffee. So I decided, ah. well... This is now my coffee thermos. I need to get a new water bottle. <laughs> so I finally got the new water bottle. <laughs> oh, I'm glad I brought it up. Yeah. yeah. It's a good camping trip, though. Thanks for asking. Um, <laughs> go to... I guess we'll get, we'll get into the news then. I suppose third beverages in the chat if you got them. Um, yeah. We'll start off with open pandemics from world community grid they are beta testing some gpu work units which will help speed up the uh process of identifying potential treatments for COVID 19 which we still need to do even though we've got plenty of vaccines at this point who knows what's going to happen in the future with this virus and uh the techniques that we uh utilize and improve on now are going to help in any future pandemics or at least that's the thinking behind the project open pandemics which is really developing an infrastructure to fight future pandemics um the uh even after the gpu work units are released uh the the cpu work units will still exist so you will have both gpu and cpu applications continue crunching with both of them there are currently 1600 batches available for download that's a backlog of 16 days although they are creating even more work units so don't pay attention to that backlog i just mentioned they'll have plenty of work for you if you want to crunch open pandemics on world community grid I hope they'll have plenty of GPU work units because I know that um, those usually get pretty popular. I know with GPU grid they run out of work quite quite often. Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting. Although having that CPU backup is that seems like a really good idea. Hmm. Anyway, um, on to MLC at home. They have a new weekly update. 
apparently there's not a lot of news that happened this week, but the progress on their version 9.9 .9 of their software is still continuing. They've successfully upgraded to PyTorch version 1.8 and the client is finally statically linked. And it allowed them to stop using the app image version of the client, and it makes it a little bit smaller overall, and it will vastly help uh, compatibility between a lot of the Linux operating systems. Awesome. Um, MLC yeah. at home, killing it. Now, also, uh, in, look, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I got a bit confused with the app image because I know that the, it does, I think Linux does have like a thing that's called app image on that. But anyway, um, uh, also, I think I forgot one point here. Hold on. Oh, yeah, here you go. Uh, and uh, MLC at Home will be also presenting at the 2021 Boink Workshop. So get your headphones out and join the, <laughs> the Zoom call or whatever we're going to be hosting on to listen to MLC. Speaking of Boink Workshop, it is three Wednesdays in April. I think it's the second, third, and fourth. You can register to attend, which is free at boinkworkshop.org. Uh, if you want to give a talk there, you can fill out the form, say you want to give a talk. And that'll be that. Should be pretty fun. Check it out, boinkworkshop.org. But also in MLC News, they have a new Discord. How exciting is that? Uh, you can check it out. We'll throw the link in the description below. It's for the community of the MLC project to just kind of hang out, chat, get to know each other, and have some fun. All right, um, let's post memes in general. Of MLC at home? The boink memes. <laughs> what? <laughs> so Don't you know the, the joke, post memes in general? <laughs> nope. Oh, most, most Discord servers have a general chat for just people to chat and whatever, and then they have a separate memes chat because they don't want the memes, like, flooding general. So <laughs> it's a joke to post memes in general. Oh, you're an asshole. That's, uh, that's <laughs> the joke. I get it. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll have the links to everything in the uh, description below. Check it out. Uh, this does not replace their forums, though, so if you still want to just use forums, go for it. Uh, MLC at Home also mentions that they will be giving the talk on April 14th, which is that first Wednesday uh, where the Boink Workshop is meeting. So check out the workshop on that day if you want to hear some from MLC at Home. Okay, off to Athena now. So Athena has restored their infrastructure. So you've probably heard over the last couple of weeks of us talking about the Strasbourg Data Center. Uh, data Center number three. Uh, was being used by Athena. And uh, apparently, according to Athena, the infrastructure element of the Athena project was restored today, and today was six days ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, so about six days ago, uh, Athena was successful, uh, successfully restored all their infrastructure on uh, the Strasbourg data center. So it looks like they probably have a backup. Uh, Strasbourg or whoever runs the servers have um, a backup server or something by the looks of it. Awesome. Glad to hear that the cloud has been taken out of the sky and put back into a server room. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you. You know what else is brilliant? Psydoc. Uh, They're moving on to their fifth target, which is an e-protein. And we're getting a little emotional with this one, as this is one of the first proteins uh, they, they explored in terms of druggability in the early days of the project. Uh, it's only 75 amino acids long. Uh, it has to do with uh, the SARS-CoV-2 virus. Uh, and it's already been explored, uh, but they're going to explore it further. 
<laughs> no, they're gonna. It, it's part of the outside of the the COVID virus uh, having to do with the spike. And if you can clog up that spike, then you can keep the virus from affecting a human cell. So, a lot of these vaccines actually do just that. And uh, so it looks like they're gonna try to investigate how two drugs, amantadine and hexamethylene, amelioride. <laughs> <laughs> you love this, don't you? <laughs> this is a lot of fun. I still don't get that first one. Amantadine? Amantadine. Yeah, and hexamethylene amelioride. There's a, a book in the States called Amelia Bedelia, I think. And amelioride just makes me think of that, and it's cute. Anyway, <laughs> they're going to try and investigate how those drugs uh, combined to block this pore uh, that has to do with the E protein. Um, and if they discover some stuff, they'll find a new way to stop the COVID virus, um, which is great because you never know how this drug is going to mutate and all that fun stuff in the future. So check out PsyDoc for their fifth target, the E-protein of the COVID-19 virus. I think uh, that's all I the news. I don't have any more news, yeah. Let's talk about the, the private parts of Boink. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> so, so I guess we should... It? Yeah, go ahead. But we should probably start with just like, why is this important? And like, what's the, the, how does distributing computing work right now where not stuff is not private? Yeah, so uh, pretty much all of the Blink projects at the moment work with uh, open data. So their aim with usual scientific projects is to uh, have a paper that's open for anyone to read and peer review, and then make probably some open source software to crunch it run that open source software on Boink, and then gather the results and make the results open to the public. I mean, for the scientific community and the Boink community itself, it's sort of like you scratch my back, I scratch yours. You do the science, I open source the science. Uh, and basically, it's just helping the community helping the community. And um, the real purpose of private computations is what if someone comes in who's probably not a scientist, um, or actually maybe even a scientist, and they have some data that's either critical to a business or maybe contains some sort of information that um, is probably not best spread amongst hundreds or thousands of computers. Um, so like just personal identification people. information. So my name, my address, my social security number, my health record, something like that. Could be. Or your emotions. Um, but <laughs> what a straight uh, face! <laughs> we're gonna crunch your emotions, Jeringo. Well, they do need a six pack. They've let loose throughout the pandemic, so. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. If we start dealing with private data like that, um, and maybe it is used in an actual, genuine scientific context. Maybe they are trying to figure out maybe the solution, or maybe some information regarding a mental health issue, or. Um, some other uh, some other disease or anything like that. And because they're probably not a good idea to actually disclose all the information, a better way to do it is to actually hide it. So the most practical, I think, sort of implementation of this is uh, homomorphic encryption. And it's been mentioned a couple times um, previously. And homomorphic encryption is basically sort of like normal encryption where or well, you encrypt a document and then no one else can read it. You need the password to open it back up and to read it. And basically what homomorphic encryption is, is like saying, okay, um, I'm going to make a document 
uh, Word document or something like that. I'm going to encrypt it so no one else can see it. Then I'm going to give it to the HR department, and the HR department is going to write some additional information on it. Um, now, you're probably thinking, hey, that's not possible. The document's encrypted. You need to unlock it to, to read it and then edit it and then unlock it again and then send it back. But homomorphic encryption solves it where you're able to actually write to the document even though it's encrypted. And so that's the beauty of homomorphic encryption. Right, and who knows what HR is going to write on it because they can't actually see what's in the document, but they're still going to write stuff on it. Exactly. Uh, I mean, I've, I'm, I'm a computer scientist, and one thing that's similar to this and what other people might have heard of before is blind signatures. So basically what that means is I have a document, uh, I've encrypted the document, and I just need someone else to verify that it's good. I need someone to tick, tick the boxes. So I go and send it to the HR department, they tick the boxes, and they send it back to me. All right, that's a similar concept. It's not exactly the same, but it is similar. So let's step back a second. So in the, the current uh, implementation of Boink and distributed computing in general, uh, is I will be, a, let's say I'm a project admin. I'll create an application, which creates a work unit, which sends that work unit to a computer out in the wild internet space. That computer will do will open that work unit, do work on it, and then send the result back to me. But in that process, that computer has access to that work unit. It can read all the information in it and essentially do whatever it wants with it, right? So if we want to do something like patient-specific treatments for cancer, which require a lot of computational resources, and also a lot of personal information of the patient. We want to hide that information from that computer out on the internet so that they can that, that computer can contribute to finding the cure to this person's cancer uh, without finding out who they are and what type of cancer they have. Uh, so that person will do exactly what Delta says. They'll that computer will get the, the work unit, do work in it without being able to see what it's doing work on and then send the answer back to the project admin, which can unlock it and then find out what the uh, computer did. And to be clear, homomorphic encryption is not the only solution that we have to this. There are also other small solutions. I mean, um, with, with this comes also other things. So you might not even have to look at encryption itself. You might have to just look at encoding. And if you can encode stuff in a very specific way or using a private, uh, privatized type of encoding, sorry, a proprietary type of encoding, so no one knows how to actually decode any of it, that's also another option. And not only the well, data has to be encrypted, but also sometimes the source code, but that's solved by actually compiling the source code into bytes. If you're using proprietary uh, encryption, can I, as just a random contributor to Boink, crunch that work unit? If I'm not using homomorphic encryption? Well, if you have the software to decode it properly, and usually that is proprietary software, that proprietary software is usually compiled, which means that it's very hard to go from the actual compiled software back to the source code. So basically, all the project admins have to do is just supply the uh, proprietary uh, binary, so the actual application to decode it, and the actual encoded information. Mm. Okay. That may have legal issues. <laughs> I mean, considering that you're literally distributing the proprietary um, compiled source code to many different users around the internet for use. <laughs> yeah, so homomorphic encryption, I, I, I don't I haven't read too much into what you're describing, but homomorphic encryption is uh, was a fairly 
big breakthrough very recently uh, developed by IBM. Uh, some people might recognize that name uh, from World Community Grid, the big thing that made them popular, right? <laughs> um, but it, it's a big deal because you can just use it, right? There's no software required to use homework. You just encrypt the, the work unit with its, this new method, and then you can distribute it across the network. And that's exactly why it's a much better option than the actual okay. proprietary encodings. <laughs> gotcha. So you're just saying it is an option, but it's not really Yeah, yeah. Practical. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Neat, neat, neat. Yeah, this is a big deal. Like um this has been a this yeah, this has been a problem in Boink before. Like because if you are a institution or a company, all all these examples Delta, that you were given and you just you want to use uh, distributed computing because it just has more resources and is less expensive than supercomputing. Uh, you want to make sure that you're not giving away your secrets in the process. And then at the same time, the personal information thing is a big deal as well. So it's being able to encrypt stuff and then have people do work on the encrypted packet without having to read it is, is a pretty big deal. Yeah. And it, yeah, as you said, it could attract actually some additional players other than just scientists to to boink it could possibly even attract businesses mlc home mentions that ibm isn't the only player in the field but they are a major player i'm interested to learn more <laughs> please share <laughs> what other companies are doing the homomorphic encryption um yeah i'm wondering what else we can talk about <laughs> i think we made it i mean uh an interesting concept uh that i just thought of uh for trying to solve this issue is basically take the nature of Boink itself. Boink is basically an ocean of computers. And if you only send a work unit to only one computer, only one computer is just a little tiny drop in the ocean. And chances are the person behind that computer is not going to have the technical expertise or uh, have the actual bother to just go out and actually look into the source code or into the encoding or into all the data of the work unit that they just received and go and get that. So it's not a perfect solution, but uh, it's the power of the crowd. So you, each computer is pretty much only a drop in the ocean and the risk is spread out amongst them. Interesting. Huh. MLC at home brings up uh, that there's a lot of ac academic research into HE, uh, homomorphic encryption. There's even a new cryptocurrency based on it that I am going to research more on because that sounds very interesting. He also points out that um, homomorphic encryption on Boink should be an option, uh, but he says that personally, I want to know what my computer's doing. If everything in, in Boink is encrypted, how do I trust the projects are sending me what they say they are? That's a very good point. A lot of, so there's benefits to having unencrypted work units in that I can confirm that my computer is not being used to hack NASA or whatever, right? So yeah, give, us, give and takes all around. What was that? Um, I know there's a piece of software that's got a funny name. Um, oh, it, it was like a really, really, really old DDoS tool. Um, low orbit ion cannon, I think it is. And now that I say that, I'm going to get swatted. Where's the FBI? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Low orbit ion cannon. If I say it three times, I'm gonna, the, the FBI is going to kick down my door. <laughs> so, so hold on. I didn't catch it. What were you, what were you saying? Uh, what like what if the Boink work units just send out a literally just a work unit with the low orbit ion cannon? It's a, that's it's the third not... time they're on the way, dude. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I actually thought that one. God damn it! 
Looks like I'm not doing any more point radios. I'll see you guys later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you oh, better yeah. start packing, buddy. All right. Well, I guess. Uh... I think we should wrap it up. Yeah, I, I guess we'll wrap it up here. Uh, we will continue the discussion in the chat, though. Otherwise, join us next week, Friday, 5 p.m. Eastern, on the Boink Network Discord server. We'll talk about all things Boink or Broink. I usually have brunch after that. Ocean.